Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. As we close our monthly ministry focus on biblical wisdom, I want to remind us of the definition that our director of Christian education, Jeff Brothers, gave us during his commentary at the beginning of the month. And it was the ability to perceive and comprehend God's purpose for a person, thing, situation, or relationship. But I have another definition that I want us to focus on today. And it is the ability to share godly advice and spiritual insight of sound judgment. Now this is a spiritual perception and comprehension based on past knowledge, experience, and observance. Unfortunately, we often think of wisdom in the context of somebody that's aged, like me, some gray hair, like me. But wisdom is not necessarily, ain't nothing wrong with that. It's something to be said about longevity. But wisdom is not necessarily gained by age. And I want to encourage the young people as we close out this theme that you are not too young to know. You're not too young to perceive. You're not too young to observe things. You can see things that you can gain that God can use as godly wisdom. Now there are two people in our text who are not old but shared wisdom with someone that was older than they were. The Bible doesn't really tell us their age, but by all indication, looking at the text and throughout historical searches, we believe that these two people would be young, like many of you today that are here. And as we examine this text today, what I want you to do is consider the possibility of the outcome had these two young people, a boy and a girl, not shared their wisdom. I'll say that again. I want you to consider the outcome, and I think we will look at that at the end of the message, of what would have happened had they not shared their wisdom. I invite you to join me now in 2 Kings chapter 5. And I'll be reading our text is coming from the New International Version. And that was for clarity for our young people to get a better understanding of where you're going. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 1. The king, excuse me, New International Translator penned it this way. Now, Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master. Highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he was a leper. Three things about Naaman. Great man, a highly regarded, valiant soldier. Naaman was a man's man. He was the leader of the most powerful 
military force in the known world of his day. Today he would probably be, his frame would probably be similar to that of a, the most valuable player quarterback of the Super Bowl or the most valuable player of the NBA Finals. He was well thought of. He was well liked. But there was only one problem. Naaman was a leper. Now leprosy is a chronic infectious skin disease that affects the nervous system. Let me tell you a little, little about it. It causes severe depigmentation. The pigmentation is what causes color in our skin. It leaves the skin white in patches. But leprosy also causes a loss of sensation of touch. You can't feel nothing. It, 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 it has the, 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 the results of an inability to determine temperature change. So you could put your hand on a hot stove and wouldn't feel it. The nerve damage also caused paralyzation of the skin muscles in the face. And this, this caused a thickness that kind of looked like a line face. If any of you saw, I think, the, the, the Lion King, the, the first one, the cartoon one, with, with, with the skin of, the, of, of the, the beast, that's what it was, the beauty and the beast, you would get an idea of what leprosy does. And leprosy was progressive. See, Naaman, leprosy probably wasn't at an advanced stage because he was still allowed to operate in society. But this national hero had a problem. Every day his leprosy was be coming a increasingly major concern. And if something was not done soon, he would be banished to what was called a leper colony, where they would have to be in the outskirts of town wearing stuff closed over their face and shouting out to everyone, unclean. So Naaman had a problem. Verse 2 offers hope. Now, Bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken a captive, a young girl from Israel. She served as Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. I want y'all to get this now. Even though Naaman had a problem, he lived with the solution. Now I'm saying it a different way. Even though Naaman had a problem, the solution was in his house. I know I'm talking to somebody now. Sometimes we look at everywhere we can to find a solution to the problem, and the problem is right there where we live. Hmm. It was in the person of a young slave girl who they had captured and won their raid. But this young slave girl knew God, and she knew God's man. I want you to notice that she didn't say he might cure him, or maybe he'll cure him. She was confident that if he got to the prophet, 
Elijah would cure him. Verse 4. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. I want y'all to think about that. This highly regarded individual. See, Naaman was a desperate man. And to show how desperate he was, he took the advice of a slave girl. Now, some people may think that this was an act of faith. But I believe that Naaman was at a point that he would try anything. He would do almost anything including listen to a slave girl. So he went to the king of Aram to seek permission to go to Israel and to find this prophet. And this is where verse 5 takes in. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, and I want y'all to get this now, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. I did some calculation on what this would be worth today. Four million dollars. Keep that in mind. The letter he took to the king of Israel read like this. With this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. The king granted Naaman the permission mission to seek help. But I want you to notice the tone of the letter. It's authoritative. He was thinking that he could force the king of Israel to force the prophet to heal Naaman. But I want you to notice something else too. Naaman thought that he probably was going to have to pay. He thought that he could pay for his healing. Both approaches was wrong. Can't force him and you came by. Verse 7 says, Soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robe and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. The king of Israel misunderstood the king of Abraham's intent. He was convinced that he was using this as the reason to start a war. So, he tears his robe, which is a symbol of despair and sorrow and frustration and distress. His royal robe was a, a, a kind of like a national crisis. It was a sign of hopelessness. When Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king had towed his robe, he sent him a message, why have you torn your robe? Have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. Well, I'm not told how Elisha really found out about this. It's possible that that national crisis symbol of tearing the road was a big deal and spread throughout all of the country. But whatever the reason was, the prophet wanted the king of Israel, the king of Aram and Naaman to know that God had a prophet among his people. He told the king, send him to me. Verse 9 says, So Naaman went with his horses and his chariot and stopped at the door of Elijah's house. Elijah sent a message to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored. And you will be 
clean. The prescription for name and healing was straightforward and simple. Go wash. But we can imagine that Naaman had washed himself offering. When he was having leprosy, every morning he would go and wash his face. And every time he would see his reflection in the water that he was washing. And every time he saw it, his condition worsened. So this simple method of going washing just didn't make sense. How I many of y'all want to know that God don't make sense sometimes? In addition, Naaman probably was offended because Elijah didn't come out. Elijah sent a message. He didn't come out and grieve. So Naaman reacted in a negative manner. Verse 11 said, Naaman went away angry and said, I want y'all to get his word. I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of Yahweh or Jehovah, Lord, his God, wave his hand over the spot, cure me of my leprosy. Or not I bound and far, far, the rivers of Damascus, buried in the waters, all the waters of, of Israel. Could not I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went off in a rage. He was hot. But listen, there's a lesson that I want all of us to learn from Naaman's reaction. Oftentimes, we have faulty expectation of how God is going to work. But we always need to remember that our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. The Almighty don't think like we think or act like we think. But there's also another lesson I want us to learn here. Knowing how he says about, I thought he would come out here and just wave his hand. Aren't these rivers in my country better than rivers in his country? See, sometimes our pride is the reason that we are not getting our prayers answered. Sometimes our pride is the reason we not get spiritual healing that we need. Because we think we're too good. We think we're far above people. So we refuse godly cancer. You know, people always use the phrase about thank you all that in a bag of chips. Well, you know, that meant something when the chip bag was pretty big. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but they cutting back on everything. That bag you used to buy, I would tell you, Robin, that I went, went to Crystal and got me a scrambler. It used to be that big, now it's that big. So we must keep in mind that our faulty expectation and our pride will cause God not to answer our prayers. Amen. Look at verse 13. Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you to wash and be clean? 
Now, addressing Naaman as my father is more than a title of respect. And, and, and the original language has the, the contents or the sense of a son dependency. It would be similar to the word father that Jesus used when he was modeled prayer, our father. These two men had a close relationship. And I couldn't find out, but I kind of sensed that this servant was an Armenian. I believe this servant was also a Jew who had been somehow in servitude. Came back there, but I just thought about that, about the way he way he's doing it. See, these two men had a close relationship. And the servant had a great concern, just like the, the young girl, for Naaman. But Naaman valued this servant's opinion. So much so that Naaman consented and listened to wise counsel. We don't know what it was about this servant, but something that this servant said, something that the slave girl said, I really believe kind of made him think. So considering the wise counsel, verse 14 so, says, so he went down and dipped himself in Jordan, not six times. Not five times. Not four, three, two, one. Seven times. Can I just encourage y'all sometime? Don't stop in between your healing. Seven is a symbol of completeness. But when the prophet tells him seven times, he could have stopped anywhere along the way. But the Bible is clear that after that seven times, his flesh was restored and he became clean like that of a young boy. I guess a what is for y'all. What if Naaman had said to his wife when she told him about that young girl? Wife, if this slave girl of yours and her prophet is all that, how come I defeated him? Why is she my slave? She's in my house. I mean, I rule my house. She can't tell me nothing. What if Naaman had said to his servant, Boy, you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. You must don't know who you're talking to. What if the young girl and the young boy had said, I hope he died of leprosy. He ain't did nothing to me, no way. What if they kept silent? Why is this important? We have to look at the rest of the story. And I want you to look at verse 17 of, of chapter 5 in order to get this. See, Naaman was so grateful for his healing that he offered Elijah a gift of appreciation. Now, anybody remember how much all that stuff was worth? The gold, the silver, and the clothing? I think it really came out to 3.9 something. That's close to 4 million. Is anyone the Gehazi later on for y'all that know the story? Did we did? That's a lot of money! And Elijah said, no. Nah. But it was offered. 
And so, so, so Naaman said, you won't take the money from me. Let me take something from you. Look at verse 17. You'll find out why it's important that who it is. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, notice the change now, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry. For your servant will never again make burnt offering and sacrifice to no other God but Jehovah. The wisdom given to Naaman by these two young people led to his conversion and his commitment to serve the Lord God of the Israelites. Think about this. Think about that for me. If Naaman was so grateful that he wanted to give Elijah a gift, how much more would he have been thankful for that girl who gave him wisdom? And what would her reward be? Will he give her now her freedom? If, if Naaman was so grateful for the young servant that gave him advice to go ahead and dip, what would be his reward? Would it be a promotion? I want you to think about this. Naaman was so grateful that he was going to do something for the prophet. I just believe in my mind that he would have did something for the young girl and the young man that gave him his deliverance. And I want to encourage you every young person in the room today, you can have the same effect not only on the older generation, but on your own. But there's a catch. You first must have a relationship with the Lord. One last scripture. It's coming from Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now I know a lot of times we want to make this word fear, reverence, and awe. But here it means scared. How many of y'all have ever been in trouble with your parents and you know you were going to get Beat down, and you had to go home. Maybe you don't stay out too late. Maybe you didn't clean up. And then you hear those words Dave Archer Wilcoxon. You knew right then you were in trouble. You got scared. That's what this word means. You ain't wise unless you're scared of God. Unless you are scared, you ain't wise. And we would look at that from that perspective. Some of the things we do, we wouldn't do. Because we thank God that some big Santa Claus that's going to pat us on the back. We ain't going to get beat down for it. All I got to do is ask for forgiveness. We ain't scared. But the writer of the Proverbs said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge 
of the Holy One is understanding. You ain't wise and you ain't smart unless you're scared of our Creator. Okay, okay, Pastor. God ain't give us no spirit of fear. I know I hear you. No, he ain't. He gave us Jesus. So if you ain't got Jesus, you best be scared. Any young people in here scared? If you're scared of meeting Jesus, because you don't know whether he's your savior or your judge, make your way down to the altar right now. Come on. If you're scared, if you got that reverence of the Lord, that know that one day you're going to stand before him. And you don't know Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.